0: you've attended council hearings in person you've tuned in to our televised proceedings on channel 13 now you have the chance to listen to us on the radio as we demystify the work of the people who do it this is not a council hearing this is hearing the council with your host josh gibson
1: okay thank you deep voiced person with a funky backbeat indeed this is not a council hearing this is hearing the council you can't have a government without a council so you can't have a government radio station without a council show this is it we're coming to you from the headquarters of the office of cable tv film music and entertainment which is also the historic headquarters of black entertainment television so it's an honor to be here dearly beloved We're gathered here today to celebrate this thing called the council i'm josh gibson director of communications for the council you may also know me as the council's voice on twitter at council of dc if you don't follow us already please do so immediately Here at the Council, our communications goal is to engage with residents in an informative, conversational, and sometimes even enjoyable way. You know if you follow us on Twitter, we're believers in the Mary Poppins School of Communications. A spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. We want to make it easy for average residents to understand what the Council does. We're demystifying our work and the people who do it. Remember, the D.C. Council is just like your workplace, except with a dais. On the show, we'll try to keep things light, offbeat, informal, and interesting. You'll learn about policy, learn about people, learn about history, and learn about the institution. So without any further ado, let me turn to our guest today, Ward 4 Councilmember Brandon Todd. How are you doing, Josh? I'm doing great, thanks so much for being generous with your time no, and it's coming my, out. My pleasure, thank you for having me today. No problem. Now, the first thing I have to address, and I also talked to Charles Allen about this, is you are a person who has two first names. <laughs> You're a person who has a last name that's also a first name. That is correct. And I wanted to talk about, has this been a burden? Is this something you've struggled with? Is this an opportunity, or do you just not care? You know, I never noticed it until
0: I got involved in politics. Uh, For the last, I would say, 10 years, everybody in Ward 4 has referred to me as Todd. Because as you know, I've worked for the council before I was elected. right? And uh, the emails go out last name first. Mm -hmm. And so it will go out as Todd Brandon. And so people in the community in Ward 4 have for about a decade now been referring to me as Todd. Mm -hmm. And they still do it to this day. And that works for you. It works fine. Either they call me council member Todd or they just say Todd.
1: Right. It's like Bond, James Bond. Kind That's right. Of thing. It's like Todd. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, there's a the meme on the Internet that, that you shouldn't trust people with two first names. Oh, really? But, but you're, I'm guessing you're opposed to that meme. I'm, I'm pretty darn trustworthy. Yeah. I thought so. I t- <laughs> Charles Allen thought the same thing. Yeah. Um, and then Charles Allen, his, his family all have sort of non-traditional names, his wife and his kids. And I asked him if that was a conscious thing, if it was uh-huh. like sort of a predictable first name rebellion. Right. <laughs> he denies it. He he denies
0: it. Yeah, he we, denies we, it. But I'm. We, we I'm all have pretty it. traditional names in my family. Okay, Christopher, Gloria, Karen. Gotcha. There's nothing yeah. wrong with that. Nothing wrong with those. There's nothing names. wrong. But with no, that. I've, I've, the two first names. It really was never a thing until I got involved in politics.
1: Mm-hmm. It's funny. And do you do you have a middle name? I do. It's Tristan. Oh, okay. Yes. So you got a little flavor. I got, I got a, little a little flavor, flavor the with the,
0: my mother. I'll tell you the quick story. Uh-huh. She wanted my first name to be Tristan and oh, okay. my middle name to be Brandon. However, my grandmother was opposed. Oh, okay. Therefore, you have Brandon Tristan. Gotcha. And, is, and are those family names or no, just like the sound of just, them? I, they just, I like the sound of them. Brandon was pretty popular back in the 80s, I think, as mm-hmm. was Tristan. So
1: Yeah, I like Tristan. Yeah, That's yeah. what they went with. Gotcha, I didn't, somehow didn't, I, I I know a fair amount about you guys from working at the council yeah. and listening to Channel 13 all the time, but but that's that was new by me. Yeah. Now you're a native Washingtonian. Native Washingtonian, Which born is, and raised. Yeah, it's the one thing you can fight your life in D.C. politics and work hard and right. revolutionize the government. And you'll never be a native Washingtonian if you weren't born that way.
0: That's right, born and raised, third generation Washingtonian, Um
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's, 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 the, that's the double down. That's like double being down. Native Washingtonian is one thing, but when you start getting into the generations of yes. Native Washingtonian, that's, that's the real deal. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. absolutely the real deal. A,
0: yeah.
1: And you, you know, one of my informal jobs is maintaining the council uh, trivia database. Yes. And an interesting thing I stumbled on was the fact that Ward 4 has only elected Native Washingtonians. Oh, wow. So and fun. is alone among wards in doing so. Wow. That is very interesting. No, so the, the number varies. I mean, there's definitely. I think there's some. There's been at least one from each of eight wards, okay. but it's odd that wow. one ward would be hardcore. So Arrington Dixon.
0: Uh, yeah, Charlene Finney. Jarvis, Adrian Fenty, Mario Bowser, wow. Yeah, that is, that's so something that's, else. you
1: gotta put that in your bragging rights. That will have I to get, be in my bragging rights. I get 10% commission on any <laughs> wardrobe or merchandise that you use to, to market, the right, like, ward for only native Washingtonians. You'll you have the first cap that we market. Oh, bring it on, bring <laughs> it on. We need some decent non-red caps some decent in this city. Ca- <laughs> Um, Something else I've noticed in, in following you is that you are very close to family. Your yes. family is a touch point, yes. um, you know, from swearing in, swearing's in, I guess yes, is the plural technically. Um, so tell me a bit yeah. about your family and about how they're, I mean, everyone loves their family, yeah. um, but they just seem a particularly powerful bond for you.
0: No, it is. Uh, I'm very close with my mother uh, who lives in Ward 4, about seven blocks from me. Okay. Uh, and I'm also close with my grandmother who lives in Ward 7 in Hillcrest, Okay. In same house for over 40 years. My mom has been in, in the house that I partially grew up in in Ward 4 for over 20 23 years. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, I talked to both of them every single day, Mm -hmm. probably four or five times a day. Um, You know, from the time I decided to run for office to both of my campaigns uh, to even now, the first six months I was in office, my mother went to every community meeting with me. Wow! Every single it was almost like she worked on the staff. She was at every single community meeting, to the point where when she didn't attend anymore, people were saying, "Todd or Councilmember, where's your mom?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but no, they they're a really big part of everything that I do. And quite frankly, I couldn't serve uh, my constituents the way I do um, without their support and their guidance and uh, good counsel.
1: What what have you what have you learned from them? How are they role models in terms of personality traits, way sure. of life? I. Uh, You know, I grew
0: up in a household where education was a big priority. Um, You know, there was never any question whether or not I would go to college. Uh, There was never any question whether or not I would follow all the rules all the time. (laughs) There was never really ever any question uh, whether I drank enough water or ate all my vegetables, right? And so, uh, I grew up in a household, you know, where you did what your parents said. you were held to the highest standards all the time, um, and you just had to stay focused. And so it's really helped me in my job as the council member uh, because as you know, we have sometimes six-hour hearings. Uh, you know, we work long days and uh, long nights and weekends, and so the focus and the determination uh, that I learned from my mother and grandmother, um, I think I bring to bear in the job I do for War for today.
1: And are you? And do you send your mom or your grandmother sometimes to events? Are they? Are they kind of like your uh, your delegate? Your, I your do. Designees?
0: I send them as my proxy quite often. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, for instance, uh, last summer, there were a few block parties that I was not going to be able to attend uh, because I had to go to the National Conference of State Legislature. So I sent my mom and they were happy. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and uh, my grandmother has attended events on my behalf if I can't go. But they actually love to come along with me. They love to tag along
1: Oh yeah, to all cause... the
0: events and, you
1: know, they love it. They love it. Yeah, I mean, that's good. when you're in elected office, it's kind of like a lifetime of going to your kid's musical performance in elementary school. <laughs> yes. It just
0: keeps happening. It just keeps happening every day.
1: Yeah, but if you're a parent or a grandparent, to go watch people, you know, admire and appreciate yeah. their child and grandchild, like, yeah. it doesn't get any better. Than no, that.
0: they are having a blast. Mm-hmm. They really are. They're having a lot of fun uh, right along with me. Yeah. So, and, and it's good, I think, for them to see me be able to give back to, to our hometown.
1: Something else in your background that, that I hadn't, uh, that I didn't know about was that you're an MBA. Mm-hmm. Are you the only MBA on the council? I know Jack Evans is from a business background. Yeah, you know, a, I
0: think I may be the only MBA. Uh, when I, it's funny, when I went to grad school, I wanted to uh, get my masters in government. Uh-huh. Uh, but I was like, well, you know, what if I don't work in government? What if I'm in the private sector? I wanted something uh, uh, that had a lot of breadth. And that's why I chose to master of business administration. Uh, and it's been great, especially uh, when it comes time for budget and really uh, looking at the policies that we pass at the council and to have somewhat of a business hat on, although all of my professional experience has been uh, in the government. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, it's helpful um, as we look at issues.
1: Yeah, because I can imagine that, uh, I mean, to their, it reflects poorly on them, but in business people, seeing someone with a government degree might look down their nose at it. Sure. Whereas a business degree, even if you're in government, people see it as a useful skill to have. Yes. I'd argue they're both useful and no. each group could do well to know more about the other. Absolutely. But it sounds like the wise, uh, the wise choice on your part. No, it's good. Um, And in my head I'm building like a perfect Frankenstein council member, and I'm looking at all of the different things that contribute to being a good council member. Mm -hmm. Some folks are former ANC, some Mm -hmm. are former staff, some have law degrees, some Mm -hmm. have business degrees. So talk to me, coming from a staffer role, what you think that's contributed?
0: Sure, uh, you know I worked uh, for then for Councilmember Muriel Bowser mm-hmm. uh, for seven and a half years, the entire time she was uh, on the council. So she was elected in May of 2007, and I came to work for her uh, in uh, October of 2007. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I had probably almost every job uh, in the War for Council office, uh, which gave me a really good opportunity to learn how the government worked. Um, how policy is shaped um, and to have a good idea of what the priorities um, were and are for for residents. So when I was elected in a special election in 2015, I literally was able to hit the ground running uh, because I knew uh, where the bathrooms were, where the copy machines were. I knew all the right people to call to get things done Mm -hmm. uh, across our government. So being a staffer for seven and a half years really helped me to be able to hit the ground running on day one.
1: What, what do you think is the stuff that would catch someone up who hadn't, who knows the city but doesn't necessarily know the council? Absolutely. Um,
0: sometimes finding the bathroom in the copier.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you know, when you're mm-hmm. a new council member
0: uh, and you step into the role and not having worked in government, um, not really knowing the inner workings of the council, that can be daunting. Um, And so, you know, being able to get all of those things done at the council level, but also government-wide, you know, when constituents call, I already know the person in said agency that can get the job done. Um, Right. So it it made a big, big difference. Um, You know, for the first couple years I was in office, my staff would just be like, all right, we got to learn from the council member because he already knows.
1: Right. Right. (laughs) I, I asked the same question about being a staffer of uh, uh, council member allen mm-hmm. and he said that that he you know was able to take his first key piece of legislation um, and get it through the council quickly mm-hmm. um, and I teasingly said to him you, you were giving free books to children I, I think <laughs> that's such a you know that's such a great uh, concept. Yeah. no it was great, it was great. Um, but uh, how do you think uh, being a, a former staffer how do you think that helps you relate to your staff well it helps me relate to
0: them Uh, One, uh, you know, when when you're a council staffer, you build a lot of relationships at the council. So I had good relationships with different staffs uh, across the different councils, although many of them aren't there anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, my staff, they kind of get held to a higher standard because they'll come to me and say, council member, well, we can't. And I say, yes, you can. I was in your exact position, literally. Mm-hmm. I was the communications director before. I was a scheduler. I worked on policy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I was the constituent services director, which was the role that I enjoyed the most uh, while I was at the council um, is was serving the residents directly and helping them solve some of their most important issues.
1: And then how about the foot? Because helping the residents, everyone, you know, if if it works well, everyone loves to be able to say that you were able to help someone out. But how about the flip side of that, about trying to uh, massage uh, the government into Uh, responding
0: the way it should? Absolutely. Because sometimes you have to tell residents, we can't do this or we can't do that. Um, uh, But I think if we put our best foot forward and, and, you know, work every lever that we can, you know, people will be okay with that. Um, But and still figuring out how uh we can make sure we don't have to tell people no the next
1: time right it's important what what were some of your victories you remember from uh either as a staffer or or as a council member where you were really able to turn
0: things around from when i was a staffer uh there's an alley that i worked on for two and a half years to get repaved and the neighbors still thank me for it to this day and that was easily 2010 which was eight almost eight years ago right or it has been eight years now uh and that they still say thank you brandon for getting our alley repaved um but you know since i've been elected uh i've had a lot of wins uh through our budget budgeting process mm-hmm. you know where we will be able to invest in schools and invest in um, play spaces at in DPR locations. And you know, when I talk to families as we're going through the process, it's gonna be game changing for them. And people really appreciate uh, when their council member um, knows what the priorities are and figures out how we get them addressed.
1: And then are there any examples of uh, you don't need to necessarily name names or exact streets or of just challenges that despite your your knowledge, your time as a staff or your time as a council member, you're just still still fighting? Absolutely. Yes. (laughs) Yes. You will not name them because this is being broadcast to the public. But uh, absolutely. Yes. Yeah, it it is. uh, As a former ANC commissioner, you see, I think. If I had to pick, I'd say being a formal council staffer is is probably the most useful in my mind because you just know how things work. You know how things work. But I do think being a former A&C commissioner adds a little bit of flavor because if you're an A&C commissioner, you know powerlessness. (laughs) because I loved it. I mean it's well, such you for a your good service. way to, to learn uh, the city. Absolutely. But you technically have no power. So anything you get done is by force of will, force of persuasion, right. force of communication. Right. You're learning the same stuff, but you're learning it not from right. a position of power or equality, but from just a you know, a guy in a soapbox shaking his fist. getting it done. No, and and thank you for your service. Uh, I
0: you know, I tell my 40 uh, for A&C commissioners that I couldn't do my job without them. Um, so I appreciate the work that you've done and the work that A&Cs do all across the city to,
1: to help push us in some cases to get things done. I'm working on a mandatory ANC service uh, idea where once we're pretty sure you're sticking around, uh-huh. you've been in the city five or 10 years, you have to do a year on an ANC. I like it. Because <laughs> I feel like the, the, so many people that don't engage with the government and only complain about the government don't understand how it the process. They yeah. understand how it works. And like like it or not, once you've been through it, you at least get it. Absolutely. You might be frustrated, but you at least have a comprehension. Absolutely. so Makes a big difference. So, so stay tuned. I like that. Stay John, tuned for like my it. mandatory uh, s- service to the district. I like it. Um, now, talk to me. I mean, Word Four, like we said, is sort of a, has a storied uh, history. Um, you know, with from Fenty to Bowser to yourself. Mm-hmm. With that I, I can't really think of another sort of lineage like that, where it's not obviously a family relationship. But talk to me about that. Sure. No, that
0: it, it's been great. Uh, like I said, I came to work for Bowser in 2007. Mm-hmm. She, you know, of course, was endorsed by then Mayor Adrian Fenty, who was elected in 2000. Uh, and he served mm-hmm. as the World War 4 Council member from 2000 to 2006. Uh, and, and Mayor Bowser served uh, from 2007 uh, until 2014. Right, and then I began my tenure uh, in 2015 till now, so it's uh, almost two decades mm-hmm. uh, of the of of our leadership in Ward Four. Uh, but what that tells me is that Ward Four residents like. To elect people who are smart and can get the job done, and that are hyper focused uh, on what's important to them. Uh, I think we, the three of us, share uh, a doggedness of swift government and constituent services, and a, a big focus on that, and obviously a big focus on schools and seniors um, and economic growth um, along beautiful Georgia Avenue and fantastic 14th Street and. Uh, and figuring out how we can make government um, churn out results for for the people of war Four.
1: Did did you um, over not overlap obviously as council member, but with, with Fenty at all, or or is that more your well, connection he, more with Mario Bowser? He was my
0: council member, but right, uh, right, right. I actually did not know him until I went to work for Mario Bowser.
1: Oh, okay, so. Gotcha. Yeah. You see, I I have one up in that I uh, hung out with his parents because ah, nice. I worked in uh, with Adams Morgan businesses. and ah, started that's the cool. Business Improvement District. Okay. So, yes. so yeah. So I knew him absolutely indirectly through that route. Okay. But, uh, okay. But yeah, yeah it's it, Phil Fenty came up to me the other day at the Dupont Farmers Market and it was like a blast for the past. Nice. I hadn't, hadn't seen him in a while. Nice. But, uh,
0: no, his family has worked long and hard in the city and. Yep. done a lot of good things and as has mayor bowser's family
1: yeah no it's absolutely true yeah um now i have to say in in researching now you you are the my 13 of 13 okay 13th of 13 council members who i have interviewed and i um i was looking through your your bio was looking through the wikipedia entry there weren't a bunch of uh surprises or facts or little interesting threads I wanted to pull on so, so just tell us a couple of surprising things people don't know about sure. you. Sure um, I was a tap dancer Wow, as a kid
0: uh, and I'll tell you the funny story. Okay. Uh, my brother uh, who's five years younger mm-hmm. uh, he uh, took a summer tap course uh, and I went to his performance and I said hey I want to do that. That looks pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So my mother enrolled me he said, I, I don't want to do the same thing as Brandon. So he dropped out and took up golf. <laughs> <laughs> and I kept uh, through, uh, and actually, um, I had the privilege to teach TAP at a couple of uh, uh, D.C. Catholic schools while I was an undergrad, and that's that was what I did. I taught TAP twice a month, and it gave me all the pocket change I needed, and I didn't have to work at a restaurant or um, at the mall uh, through undergrad. So it was great. It was a sure. great experience, and... Also taught me a lot of discipline and focus and hard work. Um, you know, I like to say that I can I rival Savion Glover any day.
1: Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> Home, hometown, hometown talent. His <laughs> deep. Do you do you, do you stay uh, in tap shape? I, I don't know. Well, you know, I haven't had on a tap
0: shoe since two thousand and seven okay. when I went
1: to work for
0: uh, Muriel Bowser. Um, so I mean, you know, you never lose it. You
1: know, uh-huh. it's a skill that you always have. But but I mean, you could have been a tap superstar. Mariel I could. Bowser, be. She, she deflected you into another. I you could know. be
0: on Broadway right now, exactly. traveling around the world. Exactly. You know, Whoa. uh, the, the, but I chose the path of public service.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think that's probably, if you had to pick, that's the direction to go. Although at some point we're going to do a talent show. Uh-oh. At some point a we're going to do a talent council, show. council staff talent show. We may have to uh, get some members to join in. Yeah, yeah. You know, or, or something like that. You know, if the Caps go all the way to the Stanley Cup and win, you that's know, right. we'll get a, we'll, you know, that'll be our incentive for the, the Caps to, to do a great job. Absolutely. Um, what, what, tell me something about Word 4 people don't know. Something about Ward 4 that that people don't know? Yeah. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people in their head, they kind of, when you name a ward, they can kind of picture, even if it's just a stereotype. uh, Ward 4, I mean, I guess Gold Coast, Georgia Avenue. But tell
0: tell me some some surprises about Ward 4. I think some surprises uh, would be that, hmm, that's a good question. I I assume everybody knows everything about (laughs) Ward 4. Let's see. It's a fun fact about War yeah. Well, a lot of people don't realize that's where the former Walter Reed um, Army campus is mm-hmm. uh, that closed in a 2008-2009 time frame and moved to Virginia. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, Bethesda, Maryland. Um, but a, a lot of our uh, servicemen and women um, have gone there since the early 1900s uh, for care. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people don't know that. Um, that hospital is in, in Ward 4. And you know, we'll have the opportunity to redevelop um, the Walter Reed campus, um, 66 acres over a, a decade and a half or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see thousands of units of housing, um, hundreds of thousands of square feet of retail. Uh, we're going to have an outdoor swimming pool at Walter Reed, so that'll be great. Mm-hmm. And we're calling it the uh, the Ward 4. Country Club Pool. Oh, very nice. <laughs> It'll be great. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I think that's that's a pretty cool fact that a lot of people just don't realize um, how long that hospital was there, mm-hmm. um, and how big that campus is. Gotcha. It's almost, It was. It's nearly in over ninety acres. Yeah, um, it's mammoth. And to think, anywhere in DC has ninety acres is hard to to, to picture for most people. Right in the heart of the city.
1: What is then, I realize this is gonna change uh, as, as time goes by, but what's the time frame to that to quote unquote completion? There? Absolutely,
0: so we'll actually uh, break ground on about 300 units of housing uh, this month, mm-hmm. uh, some senior affordable housing, uh, as well as uh, apartment homes and condominium homes. Mm-hmm. It'll be about 15 years uh, to build out the entire 66 acres that the district has, mm-hmm. so in the next, uh, 12 months, uh, we'll start to see that main hospital come down, Mm -hmm. uh, and that's where we'll get an anchor tenant there, maybe a full service grocery store uh, or something like that. Uh, But once it's all said and done, like I said, we'll have over 2,000 units of housing, a couple hundred thousand square feet of retail, an outdoor swimming pool. Um, several acres of green space. We'll have senior affordable housing, senior market rate housing, homeless services housing, veteran services housing. Uh, so it really is a, an exciting opportunity that we'll never see again in the district to have 66 acres to redevelop the way we will at Walter Reed.
1: Sure, yeah, I mean the next couple census, censuses, mm-hmm. censai. Are going to be really interesting because when you just look at the development, uh, the wharf, the um, soldiers' home, Mm -hmm. like all those uh, redevelopments that are adding, like you said, thousands and thousands of units. It's just going to be really odd what that does to to district geography Mm -hmm. because we're not not adding wards. We're not adding wards. We're adding people people. in a very focused, yes. I mean, in addition to the general coming and going of people. Um, do, you, do you have any word for business tips? I'm not going to ask you your favorite business, because I know that's they not... They all uh, are. Right. <laughs> but is there is there an undiscovered sandwich? Um, is there a shoe repair place that... What's something that people... Uh, we did have a, a, an amazing cobbler uh,
0: that after 54 years of being on Upshur Street, the couple who owned it retired. So a I'm, shoe cobbler, shoe not cobbler. Like a peach yes, cobbler. Yes, not a peach cobbler. So I'm actually okay. looking for a new shoe cobbler, and apparently there are not many left uh, in the city. Uh, but some good pizza can be had on Upper Georgia Avenue at Lido's Pizza. Okay, I mean, it is really some of the best pepperoni pizza that you could ever get. Okay. Uh, right at Lido's. Uh, and then you can drive down to 14th Street and have amazing salmon and spinach and uh, and mashed potatoes at Highlands Cafe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you can dash down to Upshur Street and have an amazing breakfast at Slim's Diner. Uh, I usually get their American breakfast, which is eggs, bacon, coffee, fruit. It's pretty good.
1: Yeah, I, I had I had a, a brief uh, ward four. I live in Ward one. I had a brief Ward four phase because my daughter, as you know, was at McFarland yes. uh, as her swing space. So yes. I had, so had some uh, some run-ins with Slims and uh, yeah, got to got to enjoy Ward four.
0: Slims is good. You
1: should come on and give us a, check, a look. Oh, I sure. <laughs> I'll absolutely, hang out there all the time. Absolutely, <laughs> come more often. I'll absolutely come more often. um One question I I missed earlier and it's always interesting for people to hear about is was your first elected role in the council spot or did you like go back to school days? So I uh,
0: was the Chair of the War for Democrats. Right. Um, I was also a delegate for President Obama uh, at the 2012 convention Mm -hmm. uh, in uh, Charlotte. Mm -hmm. Uh, I did serve as the Student Government Association Treasurer an uh, undergrad, okay, uh, I served. Uh, also, I was the elected vice president of my. Um, it's the college level Kiwanis. Yikes! I can't think of the name of it. And then I was also in the Public Relations Student Society as the vice president. So I've had a few
1: elected roles uh, throughout my life and, and career. It's, it's interesting because there's some uh, folks, because you you said coming up you were yeah, sort of a rule follower did well at school. Mm-hmm. There's kind of two camps. There's kind of the predictable future elected official role where you had a variety of smaller elected roles right. coming up. You did well in school. But there's, I'd say, a solid majority of the council where that is not, That's you know, not. if you polled 7th grade teachers and said who are your future elected <laughs> officials going to be, most of the council would not have, would been, not have been on it. And I, I think that I'm, I'm going to put Together, some kind of public service announcement that folks didn't think these were going to be our council members in their early years. Right. But, man, I mean, a lot of uh, folks were first people in their family to graduate from high school, yeah. definite first to go uh, to college. Yeah. It's just an interesting yeah. uh, fact that, that people don't know. That. No, it is. Um, so, I don't know. When I ran, people said,
0: Oh, I, I knew that would be you one day. Mm-hmm. But you never know, you know. Yeah, you, then, never, you never know until you know. Most of the council is like, oh, I don't think you're doing but
1: but you know, but I think that's a good diversity.
0: Yeah. Like, I, I you know? always knew that I w- work in local government. Mm-hmm. I have a passion for um, seeing an issue and figuring out how you solve it, and I feel like you can only do that in local government. Um, I did. People may not know I did work for the federal government. Before coming to the council, and I assumed that I would retire from the U.S. Department of the Interior after 30 or 40 years of um, service to the federal government. But when I had the opportunity to to give back to not only my city but the ward that I lived in, uh, I jumped at that opportunity, and I haven't
1: looked back since. Sure. And plus, being a native Washingtonian, like that—that that isn't currency if you work in national or international government, but in D.C. government, yes, you know, it is. That's definitely a status symbol. It. Um, now unfortunately, time's gone quickly. We have a couple of quick uh, questions okay. we ask at the end of all the council members. One is always uh, a terrible disaster, and one is um, easier. Um, do you do any impressions? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, one of these days, a council member is going to... Well, I've actually been... I, I came up with the question partway through, so there's still some hope. There's still some that hope. That someone will, A, have an impression, and B, have the courage to do it. So on no radio. one had an impression? Not the last six or I so i have asked. It could be an impression of a council member. It could be an impression of a movie star, but uh, Unfortunately, I'm not I just an think it'd be hysterical. <laughs> well, um, but then the other uh, question that we ask of all council members is, uh, as you may remember, James Lipton from inside the Actors Studio in an homage to Bernard Pivot of the seminal program Apostrophe, would ask all guests the same 10 thought-provoking questions. I will not be asking those questions. Instead, please rank in order of preference for you these five items. Candy, cake, cookies, ice cream, and pie. Oh, candy's
0: number one. Uh, I would say ice cream, second, pie, third, and cookies, fourth. I leave out cake and cake fifth. Cake fifth. Yes, but candy always at the top.
1: Okay. Interesting, yeah. The, to me, this is a culinary sort of Myers-Briggs test that I, I, I haven't quite come up with all my theories, but the way that people answer this question, uh, I'm going to figure out a way to, to, to figure out personality types. Who else has candy this. at the top? I'd have to go to the spreadsheet. to go to the spreadsheet. I don't spreadsheet. have it in front of me. Um, and uh, again, a couple of council members, we ran out of time, so I have to hit them on the second round. But both how people answer, how they choose to answer, if they answer immediately or if they ask a number of follow-up questions mm-hmm. and the ranking.
0: Got it. Well, um, there's nothing like a starburst. Yeah, or uh, like gummy bears, something chewy.
1: Yep, I'm a, I'm a ice cream. We're pretty close. Ice cream, candy, cookies, cake, pie. Okay, pie seems to be what divides people. Divides people, but yeah. um, but in any case, um, with that little diversion uh, set aside, uh, thank you very much, uh, listeners, for joining us. Tune in again next time. We're at DC Radio at ninety six point three on your HD four dial, or at dcradio.gov Uh, I'm Josh Gibson. This is not a council hearing. This is hearing the council. Thanks very much, Councilmember Todd. Great to have you.
0: Thank you, Josh. I appreciate you having me
1: today. No worries. All right. Tune in again. Thanks. Bye-bye.